Back up, please. Hello and welcome to Indicats episode number 237. I'm your host, Aditya, and along with me, as usual, it's Abhishek. Hello, everyone. So what do we have for this week? We have a couple of interesting topics. First of all, good morning. Good, uh, yes, to you. I think I've woken you, I've shaken you out of your comfort zone. It's eight o'clock in the morning and you're up, which I gather. <laughs> you. This, this last last week has been a bit of a struggle, but otherwise I'm up yeah. and I'm dropping off because I have my daddy duties in the morning to drop off my son to school and do all those things. But not for the last three, four days. And it is 31st. You'll be celebrating, you'll be welcoming the new year in what, next three, four hours. So so, so we might seem a little bit in a rush. And that is all because Abhishek, I'm holding Abhishek back from his 31st uh, December party celebrations. Yes. At a, a buffet, buffet <laughs> dinner, which is on the clock. Apparently, if you don't make it there, they might pass it on to somebody else. So let's get on with it. <laughs> let's get on with it. And... One of the saddest things that happened towards the end of the year is Pele or Edson Arantes do Nascimento passed away. The king passed away. The king of the beautiful game passed away. Yeah, and um, I think uh, that the beautiful game was attributed to how he played the game. And that's how... He, so he was the one who brought that uh, phrase absolutely it's when he started playing and he won the i think after the second world cup is when they started coming up with the way he plays that that's when the beautiful game came up he passed away on 28th december around 3:30 p.m. and he was undergoing treatment and he finally passed away due to multiple organ failures they were treating him for colon cancer and um, was in the hospital for quite some time I think during the World Cup is when he was on uh, end of life care, right? Is that that's what they call it, don't yes, they? Palliative, yeah. palliative care. Pa- palliative care, yeah. Palliative care. What statistics, man? Because we never uh, watched him play. I think even during his time, uh, half of his career was in black and white. Uh, quite a bit was covered on radio. But his statistics: one thousand two hundred and seventy-nine goals. In some 1,363 matches. That's a world record. I don't think that will ever be. Uh, That's <laughs> not going to be broken. And yeah. that, however, that number is debated a bit. He claims that he has scored 1,000 plus goals. But official FIFA records only show around 800 odd goals. Which is still a lot. Yeah. Tomato, tomato, potato, potato types. You all take a few goals here. Yeah. All those other goals were scored in batches that weren't back then covered by FIFA, were not recognized by FIFA. And yeah, 1,000 plus goals, I don't think people, anyone's going to come uh, close to that anytime soon, given that Messi and Ronaldo themselves have scored around 700 plus goals at this point and they are, it's towards the end of their career. And he was also known to provide those magical assists. It wasn't just about uh, being that solo man who would hog the limelight and score the goals. And I think it was Bobby Moore, uh, the English captain, who lost to him in the 1970 World Cup. He said he was the greatest because he could do anything and everything on the football pitch. That was Pele's, one of those comments that he made about Messi uh, as well, is that he, he said that I can kick with my right foot, I can kick with my left foot, I can 
head and I sco- I can score with headers and assist others. But this other guy can kick with only his left foot. And how is he the good? So there were a couple of spicy moments as such. He had he had a few things to say about Neymar as well, and about how he focused more on his hairstyle <laughs> than on actual game. But late towards the end, later stages, he softened up a little bit. But yeah, man. And as a result of this, on Monday apparently there is going to be a twenty-four hour week is going to be held for Pele in the center of the uh, field at uh, the stadium uh, for Santos, which is his hometown club. He started playing there and that's where he became famous. Next day, there's going to be a procession carrying his coffin and will pass through the streets of Santos, the neighborhood where he lived. His mother still is alive, who is 100 years old. And then it will finally end in ecumenical memorial necropolis cemetery where he will be buried in in a private ceremony. What a life he would have had. Is there a blockbuster movie after his name? There might have been quite a few, but none that come to mind. Uh, any any marquee star playing? Uh, yeah, sorry it... to disappoint you. And this is where I just asked you about Netflix. Netflix already has a movie about Pele. Uh, so go watch it. For listeners, uh, Aditya coincidentally asked me, what do I watch before the recording began? And I said, I haven't seen anything since Breaking Bad. So as such, boring, boring. Nothing is what he said. <laughs> Oh my God, there's so much content, but it's don't get used to it, man. If you have it, <laughs> if you've managed to stay away from it, stay away from it because it's, it's otherwise it's a time bit. Yeah, true that. Uh, coming back to Pele, there is this one, this, uh, this Italian defender, Tarsicio Bernich, if I'm pronouncing it right. He was given the job of marking Pele in the 1970 uh-huh. World Cup final. And uh, he convinced himself saying that, Bhai, I told myself before the game, he's made of skin and bones, just like everyone else, but I was wrong. Because Pele scored the first goal. He just outjumped him to score the first goal. And, uh, yeah. And, and there was one, one article. I mean, The Economist has come up with an obituary. I think I'm sure all of these uh, papers would have written his obituary a little in advance because it was out the moment he passed away. But l- just listen to this. At 5 feet 8 inches, Pele was not particularly tall, but he was strong and fast. His greatest assets were his supreme positional sense, instinctive ability to read the game and magnetic ball control. He would usually be in the right place at the right time. He anticipated opponents' moves. He was a skillful dribbler who flummoxed defenders with feints and sudden stops and starts. And finally, he had a powerful, sometimes curving shot with both feet. And despite his height, was a spring-heeled header of the ball. Basically, what <laughs> what else would you want a footballer to, to have? He had everything. Maybe, maybe also be a goalkeeper. And <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the only thing left, I guess. Right. Yeah, I think he would, he would start refereeing, I'm sure. No, this was foul right in the middle of the game. Oh yeah, he could start refereeing. <laughs> Magnificent, right? And that yeah, was man. the and He was also named Athlete of the Century by IOC, International Olympic Committee, Football Player of the Century by FIFA. And he was also named a national treasure by Brazil's government when a lot of European clubs started pursuing him and started, wanted to him to come to Europe. But he spent his time in Santos and a part of the reason was because he was designated as a national treasure. And they um, didn't let him go there, did, he? did they? I think they, the, the government yeah, let to, them go there. Yeah, him go correct. There. Yeah, yeah. It it wasn't that the government could stop him, but they did all these things to put emotional pressure on him. But he finally, after ending his career in in Santos, where he retired, and then then he came back. 
A year later, he made a surprise comeback by signing up a $1 million deal to join New York Cosmos, which was at that time part of the North American Soccer League. He retired while playing a year later after joining New York Cosmos. The last match he played was between New York Cosmos and Santos. The first half, he played <laughs> for New York Cosmos. The second half, he played for Santos. So he retired as a Santos player. And to sign a deal of that uh, amount at that time, when he started playing as a kid, he would use old socks and his father uh, would make uh, a ball out of rags or grapefruit. But look, yeah, that yeah. was the beginning of uh, his career or uh, his introduction to the game. His father also was a player, but then he could not have a successful career because of injury, I think. And uh, he went to, his father played for Vasco. And that, this is an interesting story how he got his name Pele. So Pele is not his real name. You know that. Yeah. And he was named after Thomas Edison because the year he was born is the year electricity was introduced in his village. And that's why his parents named his, him after Edison. And when about he was around three or four years, and this is given in, in a Guardian article in an interview from 16 years ago as to how he got the name Pele. So uh, this is according to Pele himself or Edson himself, is that when he was around three to four years, he would go with his father for Vasco training sessions. And whenever possible, he would go get into the goal and play around. And whenever he managed to stop a shot, he would shout, good one, Billy, good one, Billy, great save, Billy. And Billy was the goalkeeper of Vasco, who he was really fond of. And even Billy, the way he would say Billy because of his accent, it would sound as Pele. And Pele over a time became Pele. The kicker is that Billy is not even the Vasco goalkeeper's real name. Huh. It is, again, everyone has a nickname apparently in Brazil, especially these, you know, soccer uh, soccer players. So the way that player got his nickname <laughs> was, was because that goalkeeper was mute as a child. So his parents took him to a tantric, basically. And the tantric benzenderias is what they call them. While doing the jadutona, they kept on saying bili bilu bilu tete or something, some some stuff, like that, which is similar to like abracadabra. Now, are you just making these things up? Of I am. I am or something. Is, <laughs> that's what that, I checked. <laughs> I'll, I'll send you the Guardian link. It is a, in a Guardian link. I'm not making this up. And then this went on for a while, hmm. for a few weeks, actually. And then one day, a miracle, they say, the boy shouted, Billy. And the entire family, that's why I just started calling him Billy. <laughs> so Pele is named after someone's pet name called Billy. And they, I that, think that's it's that's popular story. because it, it rolls off your tongue instead of Edson Arantes do Nascimento. Yes. But apparently he, he, he loved the name Edson and earlier he hated anyone who called him Pele. And he got into a fight several times, was suspended from his school, etc. for getting into fights because someone called him Pele. He turned out to be in the end at the time. Apart from uh, Muhammad Ali, I think he was the other name that was at the time as famous as he was. He still is. He still, still is. is yeah. Right? Still is. The other story about about him is that he was so popular that... Way back when, when Nigeria and Benin, they were at, uh, they were in a civil war, 
they called a 48-hour ceasefire because Santos organized a football match with the Nigerian national team. And everyone decided on both sides that Pele is going to be here. So let's just take a break, watch the beautiful game, watch him play. <laughs> and on Jan 26th of 1967, their game happened. Security for the game was provided by both sides fighting against each other. But for that 48 hours, there was a ceasefire. Everyone enjoyed side by side. And two days later, they started shooting at each other again. again. That is the power of a footballer of his stature. Didier Drogba, right? He also had a similar story. He stopped the civil war in Ivory Coast. He and a few of his friends and footballing folks. But because of the name that he had, he just went to both oh. sides and said that, please drop your weapons. We could do better than that. Let's come and talk at the table. And he practically stopped the civil war at uh, in Ivory Coast. We qualified for the World Cup and uh, the country was in, uh, in uh, was divided in two. And... Um, there was a lot of tension in the country and we decided, the players decided to, to send a message to, to the politicians and we went down on our knees and, and asked them to put the guns down and organize some elections and uh, I think this message was, was a good one because uh, after that we managed to, to, to organize elections and no, no war and Everybody was happy, and uh, because in Africa we are like uh, football is a religion. So when I have a chance to be in my in my position and and send some messages, I I do it, and uh, I've, I'm lucky that people can listen to me. Oh wow! I did not know that. Yeah, that's how. Big, imagine the the power of football, man. That that's what it can do. It can stop wars. Wow, I did not know that about Drogba. Mm. That that was about Pele, the greatest footballer, greatest athlete that lived. To watch him play was to watch the delight of a child combined with the extraordinary grace of a man in full. Nelson Mandela Everybody loved to... Apparently they were friends. Apparently they were friends. They were friends. And this is what makes me think. So in the last five years, including this year, there have been legends who have retired. Roger Federer retired. Messi, anytime now, we'll call it quits. So many people. I'm so desperately want to go and visit these places to <laughs> now watch Messi play. This guy, the Croatian player. Why am I forgetting his name? Modric. 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 Luka Modric. What a player, man. Yeah. Um, 37, isn't he? Yeah. He's, he's still there. That's it. It was his last World Cup, definitely. So many great players have retired and no one there to take their, their spot, I guess. So far, no one's standing out. Yeah, we are talking like those bygone uncles um, uh, who, who <laughs> now miss their uh, sporting heroes growing up. <laughs> but yeah, it that's is. the truth. It is. Anyways, let's move on to our next topic, which is about Mr. Mokes Ambani. He just finished 20 years at the helm of the Ambani Empire. 20 years as, yeah, as the head of uh, Reliance Industries. It was in 2002 when his father passed away and he took over as chairman and managing director. And his brother was named vice chairman and joint managing director. And we know what happened after that. Yeah. There was a split that happened. But since he took over, the numbers are ridiculous, man. Since he took over 20 years ago, 
the company has seen a 17x jump in revenues, 20x surge in profit, and is has just you know reinforced their dominance in business in in India now spanning across all over the place. Staggering, staggering numbers. Reliance's revenues are three percent of India's GDP. It is uh, that big. So Whoa. it's like a, two ways of looking at it. That one is that he inherited all that wealth, but I think he's taken it to another level altogether by, you know, you said spanning in different industries. Geo, which is the telecoms division. Yeah. The first six months in 2016, when it was launched, it 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 notched up hundred million customers. In 2017, there were only about 125 million broadband internet connections. And by 18, that number was 512 million. And a lot of it was due to Jio just, you know, cutting prices and getting its uh, numbers. It is among India's 500 largest public companies responsible for 6% of sales across India, 6% of sales and profits. Uh, And 18% of all capital investment in India is down to uh, Reliance. It's basically the Berkshire Hathaway, uh, you know, sized AGMs that, uh, yeah. Reliance has, and yeah, it was just twenty years ago when he took over, and I still remember, man, the twenty-four-seven news channels had just kicked in, or rather, they were enjoying their uh, manufactured news at times and melodrama. And one of those channels had "Hum Saath Saath Hai," that movie, "Hum yeah. Saath Saath Hai," <laughs> and then they had Kokila Ben, and then Mukesh and Anil, and all of those, and then there, there was a thunder-like image right at the middle, uh, and there yes. was listening and all of that, and then split. <laughs> So yeah, I remember those days. It, it was it's been twenty years already. Absolutely. Yeah, you you mentioned about what he got and then where he's been. He started the retail. He went to telecom ventures. If you really take a look at the assets that happened at the time of split, Anil Ambani got power generation, telecom, which was Arcom back then, financial services as well, and. Mukesh Ambani got oil and gas and petrochemicals. And now, if you take a look at it. Retail has been added in, digital services have been added in, etc. The numbers are just crazy. The revenue growth year on year since he has taken on is something like 15% year on year at an annualized rate, which is pretty cool. Good for him, man. Yeah, and he still says uh, on uh, he's not stopping uh, or at least he doesn't want Reliance to stop on August 29th at the AGM, which was held virtually, he said, we will double the size of Reliance. And he's got a competitor now in another A, which is Adani. Maybe someday we'll talk about him. The the combined revenues of Adani and Ambani, revenues of their respective companies is 4% of India's GDP and uh, 25% of all spending of listed non-financial firms. So yes, it, and, they, are, they, are, they are big. And, and Adani is the one who has uh, toppled him as the richest Indian. Yep. Um, and taken over... Yeah. taken over NDTV and killed democracy. I don't think we can say that, but we might as well say that. So you can <laughs> really, that's an interesting thing that you have said now. Now we should talk about that. We should we talk will. about that in one of these episodes. And I want to know why do you think that? Because media has always been owned by, we, we didn't we didn't know who owned, who, who owned uh, NDTV before that people said. As long as... Uh... Stand-up comedians are not being jailed or you're okay to voice your opinion on Twitter without the fear of getting an FIR in your name. And politicians laugh with you if you crack a joke. If that stops happening, which has stopped happening for a while, and don't get me started on that. Uh, because it's true. 
and also even sam bankman fried the 30 year old billionaire and with a floppy hair curly hair founder of ftx which crumbled recently he yeah uh, his net worth was 26 billion dollars now he's out on 250 million dollars ka bill after uh, what happened to uh, ftx ftx uh, yeah it's very it's when people answer such things right we are you know you are running a multi billion dollar company your company better have a registered address and then don't be a smart ass and say that you are virtual or what what you know some shit that he said <laughs> yeah there was binance ka boss who basically hits uh, sbf's uh, guts which the, the, the binance and ftx were competitors but even sequoia capital the vc fund they bought into his uh, pitch and they invested a lot of money and in fact so much so that uh, during the pitch this guy was playing league of legends through the entire meeting <laughs> this uh, sam bankman fried but to be fair at the time he was supposed to be the sane guy in the crypto world who lobbied for regulations uh, who said that it needs to uh, have a proper kycs and uh, now he's worth less than 1 billion which is a 20, 94 billion uh, sorry 94% drop the biggest single day fall on record they've decimated of course decimated the crypto market no one i am also it, one of the collateral damage <laughs> what has been your change in net worth abhishek as a result of this 70% down and i i uninstalled the app and it, it, reminds, it, it, it reminds me of wo wo amitabh bachchan sharabi mein bolta na he when he talks to himself in the mirror bas ho gaya pitai khush ho gaya sharabi nahi kaun sa amar amar akbar amar akbar what is seen he ke wastej bolta tha daru pe main i was also what is seen i think we should just play that at the end of this episode that those view die what acting we like? should we should do that that is what amazing acting, acting. Right? yeah yeah, oh, yeah amazing amazing and i think it was all because of denial dude that's a common theme among uh, even countries who are fan of bitcoin and people like me who sit in a village called thane all far away uh, from you know uh, the, the wherever the bitcoins are mined uh, el salvador which uh, an ex- as an example it lost some 65 million of the 105 million invested in bitcoin uh, dollars but uh, wow. uh, the president who loves to loves twitter he, he explains by look i haven't sold any of the coins so one bitcoin is equal to one bitcoin no matter what its price that is exactly <laughs> what that is exactly what uh, these uh, deniers talk about yeah. in, in fact none of the people there have used beyond 30 dollars worth of bitcoin because that's what the uh, free gift from the government was in their digital was. Uh, wallets so and it's all complicated man i mean one former employee of ftx he tweeted that ftx was taking long positions on crypto based on narrative market drivers like elon musk's tweets yeah so, and what yeah. long position is i mean uh, long position is basically when an investor has purchased a security or a derivative with hoping that it will rise in value in the future and you're doing that based on somebody tweeting you may in as well give term. that money to to charity or something yeah and 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 that's why that's why uh, that is, is something that Paul Krugman mentions in his article is that it's a story. It's you know the the value of Tesla and the value of Bitcoin is uh, it's it's a story stock. Tesla is known as a story stock because it, it has such it has this great innovator who is who's going to be doing these wonderful things, etc. Has the ability to execute it. But if you really look at, there is no real market 
comparative advantage for why Tesla will do better. And you should read that article. He has he's put it down. The arguments in there seem extremely fundamental. It is what 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 they taught us in the you know competitive analysis 101 or market position one business 101 sort of things. Is that it has no competitive advantage, is what he says. How is that? I would love to read it because apparently the whole thing was based on how they do things better and differently than any other automaker in the world, Ford yeah, and, but, and whatever. But, but, and everyone has caught up. All the cars are doing it. I see so many EVs in India. Yeah, but, but I thought Tesla had what, a 10-year advantage or something, isn't it? Is, isn't it that? It's all, that, and that's what they say, it's all gone. It's not, they have been able to catch up to Tesla before it could establish its network externalities is what Krugman calls it. Does Tesla have uh, like App Store? Uh, Apple has its App Store, right? You have to to download an app on your iPhone. You need an App Store. So App Store is its network externalities. I can send you an iMessage for no cost between two phones. And there are certain features that work between iPhone to iPhone only. So that those are network externalities. And dude, if you are in North America, if you're not in, they call them blue bubbles. If you're a, or if you're not a blue bubble, then you are left out in in schools, in colleges, etc. Because no, no, sorry, what is it? Blue bubble? I message is when you send a message to someone, an iPhone user, your message appears as blue because it's an IP message. And if you're communicating with someone on an Android, then it shows up as a green bubble on, on an iPhone, which basically tells you that this person does not use an iPhone. And right. so why is it bad? Meaning, how does it help iPhone or, or hinder the user? Because you're not, it, no, it's because you're not cool enough to be part of, you don't have an iPhone. You people, because WhatsApp did not, WhatsApp wasn't as big until recently. So people you would create group messages on iMessage and people on Android wouldn't be able to become part of those groups. So you would get left out. Like like Blackberry, BB, BB Messenger. What was that? BB? Except BBM, BBM, BBM. BBM, was it? Yeah, I didn't have that. I didn't have a Blackberry. But... I had a pager. <laughs> Let's explain what that <laughs> means to 20-year-olds if there are any listening to us. Exactly. <laughs> Apparently, there is nothing like that that Tesla has. Ah, it's, right. You can charge on any other oh. charger, but why don't why don't I will read that. read yeah read that article okay just look up Paul Krugman and it's and it's freely available now uh, it's not behind a paywall or anything. All right, hey, trivia: Who is the richest person in the world now? Who toppled Elon Musk? I don't, dude. The real richest person apparently are those Arabs or the kings of those countries who don't divulge uh, their net worth. Net worth. Some, they, they could uh, be trillion yeah. dollars as well. I mean, undisclosed money though. Yeah, who is? Who yes. is the hmm. I thought you would make some corny comment like, jo dil ka sacha hota hai, wohi sabse ameer hota hai. Or some shit like that. But, uh, but okay. The publicly, publicly known richest person is the CEO, co-founder and CEO of LVMH, Louis Vuitton. Know that you, you know that brand you can't pronounce. Yes, Louis uh, Vuitton. Louis Vuitton. Yes, yeah. Louis Vuitton. Louis uh, Vuitton. Ber Ber <laughs> Berno Arno. I mean, that's the reason they could snag both uh, Ronaldo and Messi for that ad, right? W wasn't that the one where both of them are playing chess on a luggage? That's right. That's right. That is right, man. That is right. And in the end, that somebody is... washed out or photoshopped Ronaldo out of the picture after he was. After he was beaten, I mean, after, after Portugal lost the cruel stuff. But yeah, he signed, by the way, signed a 
multi-million dollar deal with uh, Saudi Arabian football club. And it is by a distance the biggest single highest fees that he gets. At $75 million, is it, per year? It's a world record. Yeah, yeah Saudi Arabia. Al Nasser. Wow. Mm. $200 million. And and when my wife uh, when my wife told me that the buffet costs two thousand rupees per head per person, I was just calculating <laughs> already. I asked her if if, if they are going to charge for kids as well. Tip bhi dena padega kya baat? Kud ka pani leke jaega to chalega kya? To kam karega. College me eleven standard we had to do printouts. The computers were new. At the time, uh-huh. so the, each printout would cost ten uh, rupees. So my friend told the shopkeeper, "Ham log paper leke aayega to chalega kya? Kam hoega kya?" <laughs> so oh, yeah, Ronaldo has done what he's done, but 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 uh, we trivialize these things. He may not really care how much is landing in his bank account because you told last time we spoke of how the kind of extremities that they go to to keep themselves fit the way they are, and for even if he lives until eighty, it's half his life that he's dedicated to something, and he won't have a vada pav like we do or whatever. That's a different level machine. So yeah, I think yeah. they deserve deserve everything that they get, man. Absolutely, absolutely. Can you calculate the number of buffets that you can have with that money? <laughs> man, that's a lot of buffets. That could feed a city. I think more I'm than sure. a city. Aram se. Anyway, so those were. The, I know that we have another topic, but I think we should leave that uh, out for yeah. some other time because I don't want to keep you away from your buffet <laughs> that you are overpaying for. <laughs> yes, uh, please. <laughs> and I don't want to. I want to give you enough time so that you can, you know, do paisa vasool out there. I I already uh, have had a little bit of a stare from my wife who peeped in from the through the door. <laughs> so time to wrap up, guy. <laughs> and. Please wish her happy birthday on my behalf as ah, well. Ah yes, and sure. I will give you a call and do that myself as well. But in the meantime, until then, go enjoy your thirty-first December. You too, man, and everybody listening. I hope everyone had an amazing year. I'm pretty sure everyone did not because it was just one of those sorts mm. of a year where everything was, you know, downward sloping on a chart. But things will get better. Things will get better. Fingers okay. crossed. Yes, they will. That's the hope. Yes. Always. They always get better. So hang in there until that happens and go enjoy. Let's bye do bye. that. Bye bye. Bas. Ho gaya pitai. Good. Good. Tere ko hum iska stage bolta tha ki daru mat pi, mat pi, mat pi daru kharab chiz hai. तू अगर डायर नहीं पियला होता तो क्या वो जाए या तेरे को मारने को सकता बोल तू खुद बोल तेरे को मारने को सकता अरे एंसनी भाई तुम अकेला ही दस दस आदमी को मारने को सकता है पर तुम अपन का सुनता ही किधर है किधर ही सुनता है देख देख एक अपना थोड़ा देख देख अपना थोपड़ा आईना में जाके देख कितना माला तेरे को कितना माला पक्का इडियट दिखता है इडियट अभी तुम इधर खड़ा रहने का थोड़ा दवाई लगाएगा हिलने का नहीं स्कूजमी हिलता क्या कोई भाई खड़ा रहने का स्टडी स्टडी ये चलेगा
चिल्लाने का नहीं क्या अब उनका गुस्सा बहुत ज्यादा चिल्लाने का नहीं जलता है ना वो तो जले गए इसीलिए इस तेरे को बोला है दारू नहीं पीने का है दारू बहुत खराब चीज है चलो अभी तेरे को बैंडेज लगाएगा कल सुबह तक सब ठीक हो जाएगा फिक्र नहीं करने का फिक्र बिल्कुल नहीं करने का ओके अच्छा भाई अभी अपन सोने को जाते हैं नहीं तुम भी जाओ हम भी जाते हैं नाइट <laughs>